Well, welcome back to Two Pastors and a Mic. My name is Corey. And I'm Shannick. And we're so glad that you are with us today. Thank you for all of you that have sent us text messages, that have shared on your socials, that have written a review on Apple Podcasts. If you haven't already, please do so. Do all of those things that yeah, I just share mentioned. it with your friends. Share it, text it, write a review, all of it. Let us know like how it's impacting you. Send us a text, man. We have loved when individuals just reach out to us and just say how meaningful it was or how it played out in, in your life. And I love that. Yeah. Today is a very special episode. It's special because today is November 3rd, 2021, which means it is your birthday. It is my birthday. Your 42. 42. Gosh. Happy birthday, Thanks, Shannon. buddy. Yeah. In other words, behind closed doors, I say happy birthday, Shancock Banty. Yep. The Shancock. Which you have told that story, right? I don't know. I think I have. Yeah, I think you have too. So this special episode, we are going to be talking about the art of celebration, how to celebrate others, how to celebrate other people's success, how to celebrate your spouse better, who tends to be somebody that you're familiar with. It's super easy not to celebrate each other, how to celebrate little victories in life. We're just going to be talking about the art of celebration. So the question of the week is best birthday yet. Best birthday. Man, I so wanted to chime in there with stuff already, but yeah, let's get the question of the week out of the way. Um, I can't pick just one. I will say my 40th was pretty amazing. Which Planned was? a trip to New Orleans with friends. And just, you know me, I love experiencing new cultures, new places. How many beads did you new earn? New people. <laughs> uh, I got several beads that week. <laughs> um, no, but it, it was fun. Um, not just Bourbon Street, but there's just... A lot of history there and Mm -hmm. just some very cool places. And the food is incredible. I love me some jambalaya and they have the best. Melanie loves grits and the best red beans and grits anywhere in America, I'll say. But also, um, I think that though takes a backseat to my 30th. I know milestone birthdays, they must be a big deal for me. But three months shy, uh, and this was before you got here, three months shy of my 30th, I'll just say I was kind of sucking at life and (laughs) got to a place where I was massively, not just overweight, but I was pretty obese and got up to like 270 plus pounds. And that was big for me. And I got a big frame, but it was big for me. And I just went on this journey and Melanie's like, Hey, I'll do this with you. Let's go, let's go, um, on this journey together. And she bought the P90X program and we followed it to a T, including the nutrition guide. And in 90 days, on my 30th birthday, I weighed myself and I had lost 54 pounds. And I just remember like how great I felt on my 30th birthday. And it was kind of a wake up call to me, like, man, I'm never going back. I'm, I'm gonna be always conscientious of my health and what I'm doing, what I'm putting in my body. And that was a big milestone for me. And it just happened to be on my birthday. And I loved it so much. I actually did that 90 day program a second time back to back, lost another 27 pounds. So I in total lost 81 pounds and just went on that journey. Six months. Yeah. 180 days. I lost 81 pounds. That's incredible. Yeah. And I can't necessarily say I've kept it all off. I ended up settling around the 202 to 205 range. Right now I'm up to like 220, but I've been putting on some muscle lately. I'll say that. Is that the, is that the excuse? <laughs> oh, but uh, no, it's uh, it's good. That would be it for me. But what about you? Best birthday? Man, I have a lot of, 
I like it when people do stuff. I like it when my wife plans something for me and she rarely ever does. And this is going to sound awful, but she probably won't listen to this episode. My best birthday was in college. <laughs> I had an ex-girlfriend give me a surprise birthday party. Oh, no. But it wasn't my ex-girlfriend. It was she organized all of my hockey guys to get together. It was after season because my birthday's in April. And we all played floor hockey or roller hockey in a gym. So we rented out this space and played roller hockey, which is like one of my favorite things to do yeah. with people. Just a ton of fun. A ton of fun. Everybody that loved me was there. We did something I yeah. love to do. And then we cooked out and it was in college. Was it for your 21st birthday? 21st birthday. Yep. Oh, nice. Yep. So and play I was hockey, drink a little beer. I wasn't, I never drank in college. It wasn't until I uh, moved here. Came on that, staff at Hill City. Yeah. No, <laughs> a little bit before that. But honestly, like that, but also planning my wife's 30th, which, which was just this past summer, uh, we did the um, the murder mystery night, bought oh, this yeah. whole thing and had a bunch of people over. That was a ton of fun, yeah. even though it wasn't my birthday. So yeah, fun night. Yeah. So good. Birthdays. Yeah. Uh, I don't really have anything else to say about it. I try not to go overboard, but Melanie thinks I make a big deal about my birthday. But you do. Here's the thing. I, I do like to be celebrated. Mm -hmm. I really do. Don't and I all? feel like I do a lot for so many people. I I hate even saying this because I, I sound a little bit selfish, but there are just times like this one time of year. I just want to be celebrated a little bit. You know, I want maybe someone to go out of their way for me. And mm -hmm. is that selfish? No. Okay. Well, let's talk about it. Everybody likes to be celebrated. Jump in it. Well, I think for me, I just, like I already said, like I, I have this feeling of I want to be celebrated and yet I feel bad. So it is October or actually it's November 3rd. We just came out of October and October is known as pasture appreciation. And so the team here did something amazing for me just out of their own pockets, went in and they bought me a Blackstone grill, like something I've been wanting. I had to get rid of my gas grill anyway. And I think you worked with Melanie and got that a whole thing set up and you brought it in and, and man, I was blown away. I was surprised. It's an amazing gift, but I also realized that I feel so uncomfortable in that spot of being celebrated. Yeah. And I just really don't know how to fully take celebration of me, even though I want it. Well, that's that a make sense? different episode because we're going to have to talk about <laughs> learning how to receive gifts from people and affirmation from people. Because well, I feel like it's also a celebration piece, but yeah. Yeah, for sure. I, I like to view it as you can learn a lot about someone by what they celebrate, but I think you learn a lot more about somebody by what they don't celebrate because the art of celebration is such an important aspect of our lives. Again, not just celebrating yourself because we do talk a lot about having proper self talk right. and celebrating yourself, but celebrating other people, not just for successes that they do or things that they accomplish in their life. But for example, like celebrating you and happy birthday and Christmases and, and what you do. And I, I recognize there's a lot of context to these conversations and budgeting and finances and organizing that take up time. But if there's people in your life, why not celebrate them? Right. So what you're saying there is that you said you learn a lot from someone or about someone by what they celebrate, but more whenever they don't celebrate something. Yeah. So you, what you're saying is if there's someone in your life and maybe you haven't celebrate them, that speaks volumes to them, the person you should have celebrated because you did not uh, Maybe I, I'm saying or what for specific personally, yeah. like I tend to view people from the perspective of, okay, we can see you celebrating the big moments, 
but do you even celebrate the little moments mm. on a regular basis, specifically in the context of marriage? That's my world of, hey, can I celebrate my wife not just on her birthdays and Christmases and Mother's Days and all those other things that we're supposed to do? Do I celebrate her on a regular basis? For example, we hate Valentine's Day, and right. I'm so glad I'm married to a wife, yeah. to a woman who hates Valentine's yeah, Day. We do not celebrate uh, it. We don't celebrate it. We don't even go out. We, we, it's not an issue. And I know it's kind of cliched about what I'm about to say, but why do I why do I go all out one day a year so that I don't have to go all out on a regular basis? And so we talked about this early in our marriage. Like I'm going to make an effort that you never have to feel special on Valentine's Day because you feel special on a regular basis in our marriage. Yeah. And so okay. that's one of those contexts of Yeah, that's good. So it, they might celebrate that um that relationship once or twice, but they should be celebrating it more regularly. Yeah, I think okay. I think a lot of marriages get in a toxic place when they only celebrate the milestones. And not saying that you don't celebrate throughout the rest of the year, but do you? Do you celebrate on a regular basis? Do you do random date nights? I mean, for us in our marriage, we have a date night at least once a month, every month. And that's even with kids. We just make it work. I know that that first Thursday of every month, it's coming up tomorrow. You know, like we're going out. I'm taking her out. We're getting the babysitter. Like we're paying for this because I value this. Yeah, it's important. So, so when you first said that, here's what instantly popped into my mind about not celebrating people. I went right to social media and this is one of the reasons why time to time I actually have to delete it or get off of it or have conversations with people like, am I off here? And most of the times I am, <laughs> but I, but I have caught myself putting different like celebratory posts out, wh whether it's about the church, whether it's about the podcast or just about my life. Mm -hmm. And you know, a couple of weeks ago, we talked about me putting out like stuff on social media and why I don't and the hesitation. But the last few weeks, I have actually just put myself out there a little more instantly after our um, podcast a few Wednesdays ago, I went right and posted about my trip to Hilton Head and the places we went and the mm -hmm. fish and the sharks that the boys caught. And I was just proud of myself for doing that. But then I caught myself like looking and thinking, man, man, I don't think I'm, a, I'm celebrated or this is celebrated as much as I thought it would be. <laughs> I didn't and get enough likes. <laughs> I didn't, and it, but it wasn't like an affirmation. I need so many likes. There's just so, certain people that I know I see their stuff and I know all the algorithms on algorithms on Facebook. I don't know who I'm hidden from, mm -hmm. but I'll see some of their stuff and I'll comment or I'll like, and then I'll put stuff out there. And then I'm thinking, wait, did this person like it? So Did obviously you have an example. You don't have to give any names. Why don't you just tell us the exact example that you're talking about? Well, there's actually, there's lots. There's with that Hilton Head trip. There was yeah. with our, with our book that we released last month, I did go back and I looked at some of those posts that, that I, that I actually um, put out there. And I noticed some of the, some of the people that I celebrated when they released a book and I commented and I even shared it. And I liked it and loved it. I mean, made comments about it in the share. I looked up our post and my post about the books. There's not one like, not one love, from that specific not person. one comment. But you know they've share. seen it because you've heard. And them I know they've it. seen it because the very next day or a couple of days later, they were talking about it with someone. Oh, and even recently, I just put a video out of Jude dancing. Mm -hmm. um, we were at uh, a little candy giveaway that. Uh, Floyd Knobs Elementary was doing and Titus and Jude dressed up. Jude's a werewolf. 
And I just caught him like dancing to the music in the background. But this is just a kid every day. So I just wanted people to get a glimpse of that (laughs) and just his goofiness and his funniness and how much I love this kid. And I put it out there. And a couple days later, same person, same person, actually. So you're talking about one specific person that's done this this like four times. It's just this example. No, I I actually (laughs) have But this one person has literally done it. I have a dozen. From the same person? No, different dozen different people. But this and, is that same person. And they person. actually mention, oh, hey, Jude, I saw you dancing. That was awesome. And then I'm like, wait, they saw this video? And I went back, no comment. They didn't hit the like button. They didn't do a dang thing. And I'm thinking, man, this person cannot celebrate me. Wow, because they, they said it to your face, you mean? Or they said it to that person that said that they saw it? They said it right to my son, Jude. Right oh, in they, front of me. Oh, but then you Dude, went back. Hey, okay, I, I, I'm with you. I saw I'm you dancing you. and that was you. awesome. You had some good moves. So this person and I'm said like, it to wait, your son. They saw that video and I went back. And, and it, they didn't like there's it. There's nothing. They didn't even hit the like button. They didn't comment. They didn't What do you want to say, say about anything. that? What do you want to say about that? That you're just pissed off? Well, or no, you just sharing that? I'm just sharing it because you mentioned you learn a lot about somebody by what they don't celebrate. Yeah. And in that moment I was able to say, Man, this person doesn't I learned a lot about them because they for whatever reason can't celebrate me. Yeah. And and I actually brought it up to Melanie and she's just like, well, don't read too much into that because I'll just scroll stuff and I'll watch videos and I look at stuff. I never hit those buttons. Sure, but I if never it's the same anything. person that we celebrated their book and then they didn't share your book, that's, I'm with you on that. I hear that. I think there's something deeper that maybe you need to <laughs> deal with, but I understand. And I was just telling you what invalid. instantly came to mind. But seriously, like, and you're obviously talking about somebody that does life with you in person because they said it to your son. So I'm not going to pry any more at who this possibly is, but in the context of all of our listeners, like, do you celebrate the people around you? Well, and I think this is a really good talking point because if we're called to help others succeed in life, can you celebrate other people when they are succeeding, when they're successful? Do you celebrate other people? Well, and I would even argue that you cannot celebrate others well without compassion. And compassion is that whole whole piece about Jesus. In fact, celebration is a core value. Uh, one of our eight core values here as a church at Hill City is uh, we come with celebration. That's one of our core values because w- we want people to understand that not only are we thankful for having life in Christ and thankful for our lives, even in valley seasons, but we get excited about what Christ has done in our life and continues to do in our life. And so because of this, our worship experiences are loud and high energy. We do this on person be, on purpose because it helps create an environment of celebration so that when you leave the service, you can still celebrate life because of Christ in you. And we want people to have that expectation when they come on Sunday mornings, but to carry that expectation through their Monday through Saturdays. And so, yeah, the art of celebration is huge. That's our question for you today. Do you celebrate other people well? Yeah, and I love... Man, you said a lot right there that I could go in a lot of different directions right now. But one thing you said that I'm really going to pick up on right now is you said you cannot celebrate others without compassion. Yeah. And you mis- and you mentioned how compassion is this um, this idea of what Jesus modeled for us, right? In showing compassion, five different places in the Gospels where he showed compassion, and really, and you've already shared your diarrhea story here on the podcast. But compassion is just a forced action. Yep. Is what that Greek word literally Episode means. 24, if you want to go back and listen. Episode 24. Yeah, but it's forcing an action. And I love what First uh, John three eighteen. it actually says, uh, Dear children, let us love not with words or speech, but in action and in truth. Mm-hmm. And so this idea of celebration, it's not 
just with our words. It's not just the affirmation with our words as in, hey, good job. Hey, you did awesome, which, you know me, I love that. I love the affirmation piece when someone builds me up that way, but it goes beyond that. It's also with our, it's our actions. It's our mm-hmm. deeds. It's it's things that we can actually tangibly, physically do, practically do for people. And, and I think for me too, it, and I, correct me if I'm wrong. And, and I'm just, again, just <laughs> thinking about it right now. I feel like, is there ever a time where we maybe over celebrate with our words? I don't think you can. No, I don't think you can. How can you over celebrate somebody? And, and here's why I'm asking is because it's one thing to hear it over and over and over and over. And I'll just use this example. You, you affirm me very well. You celebrate my successes, my leadership, things that I'm a part of and mm. what we've been able to accomplish. I'm blushing. And, and I love that, but it's then, familiar, but then it becomes familiar. I'm going to, I'm going to talk about that. Okay. The familiar, you, I'll, I'll just talk about it right now. And then okay. I'll come back to what I was going to say. What you're talking about is what I've called the Westbrook syndrome. And I think this is important for all of us to listen to this aspect of the podcast right now, whether this is in your relationships, friendships, marriage, relationship with kids, workers, coworkers, bosses, whatever. I call it the Westbrook syndrome because of, I just love sports. And we can talk about debates in the greatness category, you know, Jordan or LeBron, Federer, Nadal, Tiger, Nicholas, Ronaldo, Messi, Brady versus everybody else, Montana, whoever, um, Crosby versus Ovechkin. There's my hockey one for people. But the reality is I, I just love sports. So I love this conversation. But the craziest thing that happened, I learned a major life lesson like three years ago, Ru- Russell Westbrook, if you don't know him, he now plays for the Los Angeles Lakers, was famous for playing with Kevin Durant with the Oklahoma City Thunder. Then he's gotten traded a couple times, Washington, Houston, whatnot. But Russell Westbrook did something that had only been done one other time in the history of the NBA. I think it was 41 years earlier, Oscar Robertson had averaged a triple-double in the entire season, season. okay? So triple-double the entire season. It only been done once in the history of the NBA. Russell Westbrook not only did it one time, he did it back-to-back, and not only did he do it back-to-back, he did it back-to-back-to-back. He did it three seasons in a row, something that had never been done. And here's what the Russell Westbrook syndrome is. If you watched ESPN the first season that he was accomplishing this feat, it was all over the headlines. Every night. You could not get away from Russell Westbrook. Is he going to do a triple-double tonight? Is he going to average? All this stuff. It was build-up, build-up, because it had never been done before. Is he going to match the record, the Mm -hmm. one-time record? Yeah, and I think he won the uh, NBA. Yeah, 2016-17, I think. Yeah, the MVP. MVP. So he averages crazy, never been done. The very next season... He does it again. And there was some talk, mm-hmm. but there wasn't a lot of talk. And here's what's crazy. He doesn't win the MVP that year. Right. Even though... For the very reason he won it the year before. For the very reason. So what? It started to become familiar. So we got to give it to somebody else, even though this is crazy that he did it again. The next year, he did it again, and there was nothing. Mm-mm. Nothing about it. Just it just became normal. It just became not normal. And and I use that as an illustration because when we experience greatness in front of our eyes, we celebrate it at first, but when we see it over and over and over and over again, it becomes mundane or familiar that we forget to celebrate it. And that is the Russell Westbrook syndrome that I've called. I never want to get familiar with somebody else in my life that I stop celebrating them because it's important for us to celebrate 
each other. Yeah, man, and I love that. Did you coin that, by the way? I think so. West, I've never heard West, anybody yeah, else either. talk about Westbrook it. syndrome. Yeah. yeah, I absolutely love that. And I think that's a little bit what I was talking about in it becoming too familiar, so it loses a little bit of the weight. So I guess my question was going to be, how can you change it up? How can you shift? How can you really celebrate someone who maybe has gotten familiar with your celebration and I just bring that up based on what we just said and that scripture even that says, let us love, not just with words and speech, but in action and in truth, action or in deeds by what, by what we do. And so I think bringing a healthy blend of not just using our words to celebrate and to affirm, but maybe practically you can bring home balloons. You can make a big deal. You can physically take your kids somewhere to say, Hey, I'm just wanting to take you here to celebrate you, mm-hmm. who you are, maybe not even what they've done. And I, I think that's where I want to go back to, to kind of close out this podcast is so many times we just get celebrated by what we do. But I think a lot of people rarely get celebrated just by who they are. Mm, that's great. And, and it's kind of, in and that line. doesn't, co- we're not talking about spending money. Yeah. Yes, you can spend money. But that, that's, a, that's a great, what did you say again? Um, I just said that I think so many times we... Um, you don't have it written we, down. We get here. celebrated by the what things we, we do, the things mm. we accomplish, but very rarely do people get celebrated just by who they are mm. and, or because of who they are. And this thought process began just this past Sunday. We had uh, Pastor John Scott in and he talked a lot about identity. But then he used a, a, a verse... In 2 Corinthians chapter 5, many of us know verse 17 in that chapter. It's a very familiar verse that just talks about how, um, therefore, is anyone in Christ, he is a new creation. The old things have passed away. But the verse right before that, it just talked about how um, we are not to know any man by the flesh. Hmm. So we're supposed to see them in the spirit. And if we can get those eyes to see people in the spirit, I think we would be able to celebrate people well, mm-hmm. because it's not just based on their behavior, their successes in life, their faults, their failure, like no matter that, they're still a person in whom God, you know, is pleased with. Yeah. And to be able to just celebrate them for who they are, I think if, when we get there and the body of Christ gets there, I think that's when we will begin to see um, the church really make a difference in the yeah. world. But yeah. until we get to that place and we're so far from it, we're going to have and still battle a lot of division. Yeah. Well, you said a practical aspect of it. I think just becoming aware is one of the greatest things you could do because once you're aware of it, you can change it. And if we're not careful, this is how we approach Jesus and the church. This is how we approach our marriages. This is how we approach uh, approach a lot of our relationships. And it's easy to begin to not appreciate something that you once celebrated because it has become normal and mundane. And it's not that it's not great anymore. It's that you've allowed your attitude to shift as what was as what used to be important to you now has lost its value because you underappreciate its worth and its greatness. And I think that's really important for us is we're not just telling you just to celebrate, just to celebrate. But I think a lot of our marriages would be fixed if we allow ourselves to remind ourselves about what it was like in those months leading up to getting married. You were obsessive about this person, right? Mm-hmm. You wanted to do anything for this person. And all of a sudden we get comfortable and familiar that we stop celebrating each other, even in the simple things. And this is a constant reminder. I serve my wife tremendously well. I know I do. 
it, this is one of those things I just made a decision. I bring my coffee, I, I bring my wife coffee almost every morning. Sometimes I'll even get, bring her breakfast in bed when she's not up before me for work. And I just want to serve her. And even friends have been like, man, you serve her so well. Why do you do that? And it's like, I made, I made a vow to this woman. Like, I'm not going to stop serving her even if our marriage starts going to hell because I made a vow. Mm-hmm. And the vow represents something I made a commitment to, not hers. So if she starts treating me like trash in my marriage, I'm going to jump off that hamster wheel because I could treat her tra- like trash too. But I'm the one that made a vow. So I'm going to stick to my guns and serve her even if she doesn't serve me. And I promise if you had that attitude in your marriage, your marriage would shift. Yeah. If you had that attitude towards the church that you're a part of, the energy and the atmosphere would shift. Absolutely. And I love that because marriage is a covenant. But even if we think about our relationship with Jesus as that covenant, that he serves us even when we choose not to serve him. Yeah. And I just love that, that faithfulness that Jesus has just to do that in our life, to celebrate who we are. And I love all the places too in scripture. You can go and find them as you read through the gospels how Jesus relates the kingdom with a man throwing a great banquet like this party. And he wanted to celebrate even the prodigal son, right? In that story in, is it Luke 11? Mm-hmm. That that he this son comes Luke, home. Luke 15. Luke 15. And, you know, he puts a ring on his finger, gives him the best robe. And he's like, man, we're going to kill the fatted calf. We're going to have a party. We're going to throw this amazing party because our son who was lost has has come home. And he wants to celebrate Hmm. him. So if we can have that mindset to just celebrate the people that we come in contact with, whether it's our kids, our our spouses, our um, people that we work with, whatever it may be, I think that is what's going to go a long way in showing people uh, the love of Jesus. Yeah. And so let's celebrate. Because you're a walking billboard. So are you sending the right message? Hmm. Walking billboard. Remember, that's who you are. Are you sending the right message? Well, that's all we got. Just so you know you're loved and there's nothing you can do about it.